I've just been having a little trouble uh, with my mental state. You kidding? These days, I just uh, I have a lot of anxiety, and I didn't uh, think that stress was affecting me, but it actually is. And so, I'm not saying this was an accident, but I was just trying to clean myself out, and I got a little bit. I can't see much down your ear. There's too much blood. I'd say it's an abrasion, an abraded drum. If you're still having a problem hearing, by the day after tomorrow, you should see a specialist. Okay. Do you think maybe you could clean the other one out just because it's feeling a little uneven? I can clean yours, my dear. I'm just going to put some antibiotic drops if you lie on your side, please. Okay. You. you know, maybe you could just look at the other one, not even clean it. Ah, there's nothing wrong with the other one. <laughs> Sorry, it hurts so bad. Really? That bad? Really bad. Certainly. I suggest you frame it. Hello and welcome to another week of Girls Girls, your weekly recap podcast where Sarah Beth and I are rewatching HBO show Girls. Today we are talking about episode nine of season two. It's called On All Fours. Tough app. Yikes. Yikes is all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, this one's hard to watch. And I don't think that makes it a bad episode, but I think this is a like a devastating episode. It's so devastating. That is the correct word. Yeah. Our girls continue not to do well. <laughs> they are struggling. If there are two choices that are labeled well and unwell... Yeah. They choose unwell at every turn. I don't understand. Yeah, 100%. And it's tough because even, even so Shoshana obviously made a wrong choice last episode. Don't cheat on somebody, just break mm-hmm. up with them, right? But then mm-hmm. the way she handles it in this episode is also the wrong choice in that if you're doing this, she so obviously wants to break up with him. What is she doing? What Like, why... Why lie and mitigate the, like, make up your mind. I, I I guess I get being confused as to what you want and thinking, you know, maybe this was not a one night stand, but a one night, ex- I guess, yeah, one night stand. This like one night experience that I can write off and doesn't matter and I'll get over it and I'll be in this relationship. But it's just so odd where I do think people, I, you see this a lot on Love Island. I think people decide they don't like somebody and then we'll kind of manufacture a reason to end it. And she's done that. She's created her out and yet she doesn't take it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, in the example you just gave about manufacturing like a reason to break up, I do think people tend to do that because they feel that a change in their mind like suddenly they don't feel like it's working, but there's nothing tangible to point to that. That's not enough. You need to, you need evidence, but it's not, it's not like a court trial. You know, you don't need to come in with some evidence. If you want to break up with someone, you should just break up, not like drag it along like Shoshana's doing. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think I'm of the mind that the right time to break up with someone is when you first think about wanting to do it. Like, I hate the game of, well, it's her, you know, parents. It's her parents' birthday, 40th wedding anniversary tomorrow, and then it's Christmas. (laughs) Yeah. And I've talked about how I'm guilty of some bad facts here. I've broken up with somebody on Christmas Eve. 
I've been broken up with on Valentine's Day. I don't care. It's just a Tuesday. I feel like that's one of the good things that you do is you don't let it fester. You just end it. I think that's great. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. But I do need to, I don't know. I think there's a fine line between enjoying, like, did you watch that um, Jewish matchmaking show? It was the response of course. to Indian I've watched all the Netflix okay. matchmaking shows. <laughs> well, you know, one of her mantras is date them till you hate them, which I don't yeah, live by. I- <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I I think that's not like a task-driven prescriptive, right? Like it's give someone a chance until you've made up your mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, because I, I, I struggle with, you know, like, am I getting in my own way by ending something too early? Or am I actually just not wasting time and honoring the fact that I don't think this is going anywhere? Whatever. This is so off topic. Describe this episode. <laughs> Oh, it's like every cringy moment jammed into one thing. And I think not just cringy, but like painful. Oh, well, with Hannah, that whole thing is truly painful. Marnie's is like, she emotionally terrorizes the viewers during this episode. Like with that rendition she does at the party, just everything about her is cringe. Shoshana is not at her best. And Adam just squanders like he's in such a good place. And then one look at Hannah without pants on on the street and he's he like throws it away. I just don't get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say my description is everyone is spiraling. Yeah. And that means something different to each of them, but they're all spiraling. Do you remember watching this when it first aired? Because I remember this episode. I remember Yes, I definitely remember the eardrum puncture and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I I actually remember this episode and the next one, like, definitely. I feel like that ending image of Adam and Natalia when she's at his house and the really graphic, like, stuff on her chest. Like, I remember that. And I was definitely watching this with my parents because I was living at home and working. And it was just the most uncomfortable half hour of television. Yeah, this is a bad one to watch with with family. Let's do our thing. Let me find my appropriate notes. Okay, so it starts with, so Adam, in terms of storyline presence, has become one of the girls. Because <laughs> we yes. lost Jessa, we get Adam. <laughs> okay. And he and Natalia have seen a rom-com. Do we think it's the proposal? Is that, t- I meant to Google this. Is the timeline right on that? I wish nothing for the best for Sandra Bullock. <laughs> Isn't that what he says? Yeah. Oh, it, whoa. The, oh, my God. Wow. I'm so wrong about this. The proposal came out in 2009. Oh. Which is way is too Is this early. two weeks notice? When did that come out? Um, Before. That was in 2002. Oh, shit. I'm way off. Um, then, what's, then what yeah. came out? Th- this is some sort of made up. This is made up media. This is not real. Okay. What about that one with Keanu Reeves at the lake house? I think it was called the <gasps> lake house. The Lake House, the one with the crazy time travel. I love um, Keanu. God, I love and that I love one. Sandy Bullock. So 2006. Oh, shit. I'm like really way off. She was really busy in that time period. <laughs> Can you blame her? She must be exhausted. No wonder she took a hiatus. Yeah, seriously. She's just living her life with her kids. She seems very happy. I'm glad she ditched that awful guy. Anyway. Oh, that biker. Yeah. What a loser. Yeah. Such a loser. Truly. So they're at Natalia's apartment, and this episode is that TikTok meme of 
like the girl waving goodbye to her apartment and having to go to like the horrible guy's apartment. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, but she announces she's ready for sex and says that you've been really nice all week. (laughs) Good boy. (laughs) Yeah. And he now has earned the sex. She has this sort of during as they're kind of like getting underway. She has this like preamble about the things that she likes and doesn't like. Um, no soft touching because it tickles. She wants to take things <laughs> slow. But other than that, everything's fine. Adam does say, I like how clear you are with me. And she says, what other way is there? And so this is obviously built up in stark contrast to Hannah, who is tying herself in knots to be his sexual vision literally tying herself up in knots as of the first episode um, of the series the the pilot episode and so and nothing is clear with hannah definitely not what do we think of the obvious kind of divide that they're staging between how natalia treats like her needs and sex and what she wants and doesn't want versus how adam and hannah interacted I think for Adam, it feels clinical, but I do think this is kind of a healthy way to communicate. I mean, it does take a little bit of the magic of the moment when you have to announce like, I'm ready for this now. Please come here. But I I do think it's a good exercise in someone who's very comfortable in her body and speaking up for what she wants. And I think in that moment, he kind of likes it. It's very novel for him to have someone do this. So he likes it in that first interaction. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that this is a good example of what we talked about in the beginning of like empowering demeaning, right? Where knowing what feels Mm -hmm. good to you, knowing what you want and being comfortable telling your partner, that's legitimately empowering. That is what you should be doing. That is fantastic. Mm -hmm. I think what will always lose me a little bit about her chemistry with him is it's okay to like not have a stick up your ass. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like, be cool. And I don't mean do something you don't want to do. I don't want to be like this to be construed as that. But if anyone is familiar with Dan Savage, his big motto is to be GGG, good giving and game. She is not game. And I don't think it's mutually exclusive to get what you need and also to be receptive and open to kind of like your partner's stuff. I wonder, does it have to do with the fact that, I mean, from the very beginning, her mother met Adam at AA, right? And her mother grew up an alcoholic. And I wonder if this, she reverts to when she's nervous, like this kind of overly communicative control with clear boundaries. That's a, I mean, that's a very, it it actually is giving like, I wouldn't be surprised if she's been to like Al-Anon. Mm-hmm. What drove me crazy about that scene the most, to be honest, is that they're both wearing shoes on the bed, which. Oh, God, I didn't even disgusting. That. Yeah. No, shoes on the bed is crime. Shoes in the house is crime. I'm a no shoes house. I agree. Personally. Shoes in the house is crime. As an Asian, we do not wear shoes in the house. You have inside. The white side of me is barefoot. So that's why I'm multi. But shoes inside is not good. It's disgusting. I don't even like sitting on my bed with outside clothes, to be honest. Like, I need to have, like, bed clothes that go in the bed. I can't sit on the bed. I actually think that's completely fair. I know somebody who travels with their own bedding because they don't want to lay on hotel bedding. I can't go down that road because that would be something that I could easily see myself, like, falling into very quickly. So I can't allow myself the luxury to do that. 
Yeah, fair enough. I similarly choose to blind myself to what happens in hotel rooms. <laughs> you just have to like be like open to the germs at that point yeah. in a hotel. You can't can't be uh can't be so crazy. Exactly. That is their encounter. And then we next see them. Are they like at a bodega? Is that where they were? Yes, very cute. The scene was chef's kiss boyfriend fantasy. Yeah, it was very sweet. Basically, they, they're sort of talking about plans. She reveals that she has an engagement party coming up, like for her friend, who we get our introduction to Amy Schumer. And he asks if like guys are allowed to come. And she says, Yeah, a lot of people's boyfriends are coming. And it's just like very sweet and cute. And you know, it's to your point, it's exactly what you said. It's goals until it's not anymore. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> until it goes off the rails. <laughs> yeah. They then go to the party. She asks if it would be you know, uncomfortable for him, for her to drink, drink wine. And he says, it's totally fine. I think that that would, if you are someone who, if you are somebody who drinks and has a like safe relationship with alcohol, I think it is critical if you're going to date somebody sober to, for them to be comfortable with it. Cause I think if they then like literally, if they literally can't be around it, then it's probably is not like the match. And we've seen like Adam has been to that rave. Adam has been around drugs and alcohol plenty to show that he has enough sobriety under his belt to resist. And obviously we'll get to his regression, which was like awful, but we meet Amy Schumer, who this is something I remember as these jokes felt really new. And now Mm -hmm. like they're so tired. This idea of this friend, this character has been so memefied and caricatured on TikTok that it's like not that funny anymore. But I recall the parodying of that friend who's like, you know that we're going to hurt you. Like, don't hurt our girl or else you'll be dead. You'll be in a ditch. Like, we're going to chop you up in a little bit. You know, like the sort of escalation of it felt really funny. And then, like, I I do think part of Adam's slip, like, slide in this episode and relationship is I have definitely dated somebody and been around their friends, been interacting with them and kind of realizing, like, oh, I can't like live my life in this role, in this part. Mm -hmm. And there was somebody that I was like considering dating or like getting like more serious with. And my friend was like, you realize you would then have to hang out with those people forever. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's kind of the confrontation that Adam is having here where, and Hannah kind of says it too. It's like, oh, your girlfriend has like friends that get engaged. Like, she must be this type of person. And not to say that like that, like setting that aside I, as a plenty of people get engaged, like that's, that's not indicative of anything. But I think the idea that this is the example of, remember when Hannah, Hannah's monologue, when she's like, I don't even want you to hang out with my friends or go to brunch. I just want, like, she says those things that she doesn't care about. And that's all this girl is. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the people she spends time with. And I think that's also exemplified by the men at the party who are like, sucks to be here because we're missing the game. And it's like, oh, yeah. (laughs) I do think like you're totally spot on about the humor. Like thinking back to Amy Schumer's like the start of her like mainstream popularity. It was around this time, I think, that her show on Comedy Central started. And I remember, I know like now there's a lot of talk about how original her jokes are. And so setting that conversation aside, her 
humor and the way she delivered it and the way she just challenged expectations of, you know, she faced a lot of the same types of critiques that I think Alina Dunham did related to body image, related to sort of overt sexuality and how to portray that. So I think there's a lot in common there. And her jokes were pretty out there at the time. Now it's like, whatever. Like even that movie Trainwreck that she did, I thought that was a well done movie. I I enjoyed that. Yeah, it's a decent little rom-com. It's great. Yeah. Actually, I kind of want to rewatch it now they're talking about it. And I like I really think something that holds up, for example, is her like 12 Angry Men parody. I thought that was fucking fantastic. So I think that was that's a that's like an interest that was an interesting like rewatch moment to me. And then also the underhanded friend move that I think is kind of classic of that character that she's playing is the like, she's Mother Teresa, but Mother Teresa wouldn't blow your cousin. LOL, it happened once. Like that kind of. Oh my God, that's so crazy to say that so crazy. to someone's boyfriend. <laughs> I would <laughs> riot. It's so not okay. So going back to season one, when Marnie throws a drink on Hannah at the bar after the diary read, like this is where you throw the drink on someone for saying that. Like, that is absolutely cool. <laughs> Yeah. This actually happened in real life a little bit, where a guy in my friend group brought his girlfriend to meet everyone for the first time, and another guy in the friend group thought that it would be a really good idea to, like, talk about the other women he had been with, stuff like that, to show, oh, no. like, how desirable this guy was, and that, like, he was a catch. Oh, no. Oh, it, no. It was... <laughs> such a bad idea and luckily Did someone in the friend group tackle him to stop him because that's what you have to do yeah we silenced it and have referenced it many a time over to make sure it never happens again <laughs> and luckily it did not affect the outcome and this couple is still together years later so everything is well but um no thanks okay to that's this other, good this man yeah i do like i i have a feeling it was improvised where she says that um adam looks like an old-timey criminal because <laughs> that was like too funny for that character oh yeah yeah that that was really funny without getting into like hannah's story here obviously the two kind of intersect at this moment so he steps out and hannah walks by and they have what is clearly kind of like a first conversation in quite some time and she relates it to which is a this is a pretty common analogy and i think effective the like the feeling of like running into your teacher outside of school he explains that he's there because his girlfriend's friend got engaged natalia is a cool girl name which i do agree although i don't think it is a cool girl name. it is a cool girl name i don't think natalia is a cool girl no but it's a cool girl name. yeah and hannah explains it, it, adam i think can perceive that she looks unwell she looks ridiculous she's walking around <laughs> in an oversized shirt yes yeah, she looks totally unwell she's like winnie the pooing it down brooklyn yeah and she explains that she's come from the hospital because she shoved a q-tip in too far and he says careful kid and who boy does this set them that's that's does this set them both off in on bad paths she says it's really nice to hear him say that and it makes her feel weird and it clearly makes him feel weird too because and we're gonna we're gonna table her like i said it clearly makes him feel weird as well because he goes back to the bar and orders a Jack and Ginger. And this is where I think Natalia kind of falls down as a character where she says, are you sure? And he says, I want to be able to have a nice time with you. And she okays it, rubber stamps it and gets orders two, one for her, one for him. And there's sort of a montage with a Fiona Apple song, a well-placed Fiona Apple song. 
I think while, of course, and to your point about her having experience with an alcoholic mother, I'm sure there are strategies that she's learned and what's appropriate. I think it's a very bad idea to yada yada over this decision of Adam's. I think this is one of two critical errors she has in this episode. The second one, well, actually three, because the first one was shoes on the bed. But the third one is going to all of equal weight. But this, (laughs) they're all equal. Well, okay. So I do think like joining him in the drink is kind of, this feels like the most likely thing to happen, to be honest. Like, I don't know that many people within early dating when it's been good vibes only so far. And he's been really like stable with her that she would then take this stand that would potentially like set him off. Yeah. So them drinking together, I don't think it's good, but I, it totally makes sense for the character. Agreed. And I do think, and I mean, it's interesting because I, I, I don't think any of this was really in the cultural conversation at the time, but now you have all this California sober. I don't drink liquor, but I drink mm-hmm. wine. Like there are all these kind of bullshit distinctions that people are like guardrails are kind of putting on sobriety. And from the people I know that are sober, you know, Reasonable minds may differ, I suppose, but they tend to think like that type of stuff is a really that that type of line drawing is a really bad idea. And to me, you can't control another person. So I I also understand why you would just be like, okay. But to me, this would be such a red flag if granted, who knows what she knows of his years sober. This is a mid 20s man who's been sober since he was 17. That mm-hmm. is, to me, that is break. That night is breakup worthy. It feels like I understand both sides, right? She doesn't know him that well. Does she know that full story? Who knows? Right. He's also like a grown up, and he can decide what he wants to do. Uh, so the second mistake is going back to his place. Yes, you know, if he's going to do that, I think the responsible thing is you don't spend the night together. Yes. And if you're going to spend the night, don't go to the hovel where you're going to get tetanus. It's but, truly you know, jigsaw. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see that meme, by the way, that because um, you know how a new Saw movie came out this Halloween? OK, I don't I don't know what meme this is. I don't watch these. I hate them. I, I understand their concepts, but I have no interest. I guess this most recent one had a lengthy portion of the film in a kind of industrial size, like looking like bathroom Uh and somebody did, you know, as a part of the like lead up to the movie or ancillary to the movie, people, you know, somebody did like, here's like a tour of the set and, you know, it's like filming showing the look of the set and somebody on Twitter did a side by side of the saw bathroom and the, and a Lilabo store. (laughs) Oh, I've seen that. That was funny. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I really liked that. Anyway. Um, because I hate Lalabo also. Um, it pisses me off. When did that become popular? I feel like I I never heard of it, and then I downloaded TikTok and then everyone's talking about it, and I don't know when that happened. I think it got it's been popular, I think, for a long time. They they had that they have that one big number, it's like Santal number something that was just sort of like the fragrance for a while that people were really on about. And I just think, I think it's all incredibly overpriced and just like not good. I don't know. It just, ang- it angers me. What does it smell like? I don't know. I mean, it smells good. It's just not, 
it's also just so to me, whenever anything becomes like that saturated, it's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to like smell like everyone else. That's true. Stand out. <laughs> yeah. Stand out. I don't want people going but like nose blind to me. Stand out in a clean smelling way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would not be surprised if they've been going on dates, going over to her place, because it's obviously the first time he's, she's seen this, as one tends to do in early dating. I think that she has constructed a story about who Adam is in her mind. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> and <laughs> I think so. Yeah. And this has opened a new a new cabinet of his brain and ways and life. And I think that that can be like very jarring. Like, I think if I saw this, I would come to the conclusion that this person had kind of a darkness and kind of a chaos like within them that I was heretofore unaware of. And that would, this would freak me out if I had had the going to the cute Italian restaurant, going to a Sandra Bullock movie, if I had ordered that menu and then was delivered that meal, I would be fucking freaked out. This is a rip in the space-time continuum. <laughs> you know, like, going into that apartment is totally... This is the cuckoo bananas moment that she does Agreed. what she does with him. <sighs> I I just don't know. And I think, to your point, she wants to be the girl who goes with the flow and has game. But, girlfriend, you are not that girl. It's okay to not want to crawl on the floor with all the nails. Yeah. It's okay to want brunch and sex in your bed with your nice clean sheets and not. This is what feminism is all about. Yeah. Having choice. Exactly. (laughs) And so he then starts to order her around similar to how he ordered Hannah around. And what is interesting to me is that. I don't know that we saw Hannah enjoying it all that much either. Hannah was just kind of a more willing participant because she was so into him. Mm-hmm. And again, where I think she's where I think Natalia sort of makes a mistake here is that I don't know that you can have like a ha- like it's kind of like what I was saying where you're either game or you're not. And mm-hmm. she sort of does like a half measure here where she, mm-hmm. you know, follows his like sexual instructions and yet is not like buying into the role play of it because she's saying like, I wish I had Purell right now. Like, this is disgusting, you know, like whatever, which is a such a clinical narration of the situation that like it's not sexy, like it's not like, you know, there's no way she's enjoying herself. And so to me, just say this is not for you. Say, this is what I told you I liked. We can do that or like not, you know, like stand strong. I think like stand strong in that. But like this, this is the mistake because then she's, she's now doing something she really doesn't want to do. And for like bad reasons, I, I, it's not good. Yeah. And she tries to stop him. I mean, she doesn't, she just sort of says it and he keeps going. And that is a really like horrible. I did not enjoy watching that. I mean, I don't know anyone who would. Um, that whole scene is really upsetting. And then it just kind of ends in a grossness that's like, ugh. Like, and I, you know, like he even apologizes at the end of that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the spell is broken on whatever cute rom com they had. It's yes. totally done. Totally. And yeah, so she says, I didn't like that. And what I found very interesting is that the dirty talk's the wrong word, but the, the connection, like the sexual connection talk that he wants to engage in is reassurance, 
where he's like, tell me how much you like me, like tell like all this stuff. And then once it's over, he says, I don't know what came over with. I don't know what came over me. Are are you done with me? And which says to me, again, to me, it goes back to this idea that he's kind of like playing a part where Mm -hmm. he does have this side, like aspect of him. And I don't think I don't know that he has to cure himself of it to have a functional relationship. But because I think like people are allowed to have their kinks, like do what you want. But he was not being fully himself to engage in that relationship as it had been that far so far. And then the massive swing in the other direction, I think is just self-sabotage of, well, this is me. I'm a mess. I'm crazy. Can you deal with it? Are you done with me? Like, can you still reassure me if I yeah, show it's you like all a this? Test. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a test. And Hannah passed the test for all of her, all of the toxicity of that relationship. And I don't think Natalia is going to pass this creepy test that he just. Which is fine. Conducted. But they're yeah. just not for each like, other. Like, girl, run away. This is not good. <laughs> Correct. I know he was throwing you around on the dance floor and that was kind of hot. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this was not good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, it's not going to get happier. No, only gets worse. Shosh next. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So, Shosh is doing the classic trope of, like, overcorrecting for guilt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he calls it geisha shit. <laughs> That was so funny. It was funny. I did enjoy this part where she's like, we have all these different types of sugar. Like, what do you want? Da, 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 da. And he's like, what the fuck is going on? He apologizes, which she says, that's a first. You never apologize. You're known for it. <laughs> <laughs> and Marnie is sort of like scatting in the background. <sighs> Marnie. What the fuck? And we're <laughs> off. I'm so excited. And she she comes into the room and I have a question for you, Sarah Beth. Do you dabble in the Macintosh arts? <laughs> I do, but I knew you it's did. just, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cringe that this is very much a time, like the times it was like people like using GarageBand to do this stuff when yep. you're like not a pro at all and you're adding random drums and, and shit bassoons. like that. It's not going to sound good. Bassoons. Yeah. Do you, what's so funny, like, you know, should we have children? Our kids are going to find it so funny that we used to put on our resumes, like proficient in word, like yeah. can use Microsoft PowerPoint. office. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Anyway, I will say Excel is a skill. Okay. Yeah. That's totally different. Yeah. I've never recaptured the skills at pivot tables as when I was 23 years old working where we worked, pivoting endless <laughs> amounts of data. I still hate pivot tables. I don't find them that useful. Oh, I love them. They, we would we were working with the mainframe IBM computer, which I think is like another era at this point. I don't know if they still use it, but that's a good question. I did find this quite funny, where Marnie says, "Can you help me lay down this track?" And he says, "No." And she says, "Go help her lay down this track. Go help her <laughs> lay like- that down." The way she's dressed in that too, like her whole demeanor, I feel like she's cosplaying as like a rapper. But she's so not. Do oh, you know that? She's definitely kind of not. Energy? Yeah. Yeah. Like she's slim she's, shady. Vibes. I know, of course, no one can see me because this is an audio audio based media, but she's like the way she's like using her shoulders and like with the headphones and really into it. Like it the whole thing is ridiculous. It's it's absurd, but it's great. This is gonna take her down a narcissistic journey that I'm very excited for. The stories kind of intersect because um 
they end up going to Shoshana and Ray. The next time we see them is at Charlie's party. I do appreciate how like Shoshana really does like want to be genuinely supportive. Like she Mm -hmm. is a cheerleading friend. And I do think something like something I found in kind of adult friendship is I, I think that often the hardest, it can be quite hard for people to like really celebrate your ups. I think it can Mm -hmm. be a lot easier actually for people to like be there for you when you're down and a little bit harder sometimes to like, like I have certain friends that like, I really like, I only talk about like work successes with like certain friends and Mm -hmm. you know, like, and I think Shoshana is somebody who I don't think she experiences like female jealousy really. Yeah. I was just going to say that she's not jealous of anyone else's win. Yeah. Like she truly is like compare and despair. We're all amazing living our lives, like crushing it. (laughs) And like your victory is my victory because I love you. Like, it's like very like, (laughs) Um, we love that. Yeah. We love that for her. Of course, Ray is being not supportive and annoying and is saying how like Charlie's a sellout. He's not saying it, but like that's radiating in my opinion. Because he's incredibly jealous of Charlie. Hugely. Because this is the thing that he thinks would impress Shoshana. That this is what he can't be. This is the ambition that she's looking Mm -hmm. for and like the deficit that he really can't make up. And then that, which is going to show when he sees her talking to that man that she was definitely flirting with. But anyway. Oh my God. I'm also really into eating at restaurants. (laughs) It's like my whole thing. (laughs) Um, I do like though that she blurts out that Charlie looks amazing and he could have sex with anyone here, including me. <laughs> and then she's like, Oh, so honest. Yeah. So yeah. So Ray sees Shoshana talking to a guy and says, um, describes it as throwing herself. And that's when Marnie asks, I need you to tell me if I have a good voice. <laughs> also Shoshana's face when she sings is really the, just all those reaction shots like are incredible. Like I wish we could, play the reaction shots somehow anyway without the singing yeah 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 so then we can get into this on marnie's track but that scene is straight up lifted from pride and prejudice when the nerdy churchy sister decides to play the piano and sing at the like she she house party they all go to And then the parents have to like extract her out of there because it's so embarrassing and mortifying. Oh my God. That's a great straight recreation of that scene. Oh, that's an amazing reference. I'm so glad you know about that. Is that from which, um, is that from the Keira Knightley version? Most of the adaptations. Yeah, it is. It's more understated in the Keira Knightley one. Mm. But if you watch the The Colin Colin Firth. Firth one, it's like the BBC one. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, all I, the another rewatch I should do. I, I, I have six hours to waste. <laughs> so then Ray and Shoshana talk at the party. She says that she was socializing and sorry, that's not working for you. He says you're being really weird. And she has an insane confession. She says she's really sorry. And you probably think I'm a whore. I held the doorman's hand. What? She held his hand, but her lips also held his face and sucked. Like that's. This There's is critical information missing. This is to me a crazy lie. It is so unbelievable. Do you yeah. agree or disagree? It doesn't make sense. It makes no sense. It doesn't make sense. No. And like, does he buy it just out of kind of willful blindness? Cause he doesn't want to break up with her. Like I don't, there are no follow-ups either. He just like comforts her. Well, she, because she's so weird and quirky. I think he takes it at face value. And Fair one enough. of the things he admires about her is her, like authenticity. So I think for him seeing her, 
like the idea of her just straight up lying to him doesn't really cross his mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I agree with you. It's just so crazy. It reminds me too of like, if anybody watches Vanderpump Rules, what makes me really crazy about they are all the men on that show are really bad liars. Mm-hmm. So what they will often do is somebody will confront them with something like you slept with this other girl and cheated on me and they'll deny. Mm-hmm. They'll say, mm-hmm. no, 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 I didn't. Classic. That's like made up, da, 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 whatever. And then it'll come back around often with some new kind of like speculative evidence or like somebody texted, whatever. No, you slept with this girl. Admit it. And they will say, okay, we kissed, but we didn't have sex. To me, Mm -hmm. it is a critical error to deny and then to, because by the way, they're still lying, to deny and then to move to a half truth or not even Mm -hmm. a half truth, like a a mini confession. Because to me, if you deny, then make a mini confession. You actually did the whole thing. You either need to come yeah. straight. You either need to deny straight through or affirmatively come out with. The, I'm like, t- this is how you lie. You either deny the whole thing or you come out with the mini confession affirmatively. <laughs> this is the difference between like lawful evil and chaotic evil. Fair I think. enough. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So I guess, you know, she's just such a honorable person. She could never do more than that, but she's not perfect. And then here's where, I mean, sorry, sorry, hold, hold, please. Oh, delivery. Yen brought me a McDonald's Diet Coke. Oh my God. (laughs) What a lucky gal. Yen, send some down. I know. I've been dreaming about this all day. Oh, it's the best. Can you hear the ice? I can hear the (laughs) effervescence through the mic. It's crispy. That's how good it is. It is good. Maybe I'll go through a drive-thru later. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be up late. I may as well. Anyway, I think for the purpose of the of the audience's experience of it, the lie tells us she's not quite ready to be done. Right. That's obviously then confirmed where he says, do you still want to be with me? And she says, mm-hmm. And they <laughs> have this big hug where she does not at all seem relieved. No. Yeah. This is bad. This is bad form on Shoshana's part. Absolutely. She needs to just decide what she wants and execute on it. But we're not there yet. And even though Ray's a big bummer, he's never lied to her. He's never been treating her anything less than with respect. I mean, he is like a shitty personality, but whatever. Yeah. Um, (laughs) You know, I mean, he did lie about being homeless, but, you know, you can understand that, I think. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, live omission about having his his aunt move back into the apartment. Okay, Marnie. Ugh. Yep, Marnie shows up at... So, obviously, we talked about her already interacting with Shoshana and Ray in the apartment, where she we know that she is um, gearing up for her musical career, as Ray galvanized her to do. She then shows up at Charlie's office, and it comes out that he has stood her up for lunch, which I think... Turns her on. Oh, it a hundred percent turns her on. Because he would have never missed lunch with her before. Being an alpha asshole is like her love language. Yes, completely. And so even though she's like storming in and also the shaving and haircut two bits, Knox gets a lot of play in this show. Mm-hmm. And I would like to ask you as a person who works in tech, are MAUs important to you? Not to me, but they are important. I don't know. <laughs> is 20K good? Put this I in perspective. I have no idea what their barometer is. Probably depends on the investment, I would say. If they got a lot of investment, probably not. But if they only had a little bit, you know, that's good. I don't know. 
Well, it stands for monthly average users. So how many of those are paying though? Like what's the conversion? That's what I want to know. That's a good question. Are those unique? Are those unique users? Do we know? Are they bots? Ooh. You know, is this like a Twitter X situation? Yeah. And he says, yeah, so we completely forgot about it because all the hubbub and they are going to have a party to celebrate. She's invited. Great. Mm-hmm. Cut to the party. Disaster. Yeah. This is where, so Marnie goes up to Ray and asks, you need to tell me if my voice is actually good and I need to know now. And he says it's Katy Perry great. Uh, that is. No shade to Katy Perry, but that's a weird, like, you know. It's a really weird reference. Yeah. Especially like 2013 Katy Perry. Who was 2013 Katy Perry? Was that I Kissed a Girl or was that earlier? No, I think it was that kind of era or you're hot and you're cold. Oh. Or was it that anthem Katy Perry era? I don't remember. So 2013. The sharks are later. I know that for sure. The dancing sharks are later. Much later. Yeah, yeah. So 2010 was Teenage Dream and Mm -hmm. um, 2013 was Prism. Oh, God, which was like Roar and like Dark Horse. Yeah. You're gonna hear me roar. I hate that song. <laughs> um, and Teenage Dream was like the kind of more party one, which was like last Friday night. Oh, California Girls. So the Sharks was actually 2010. That was early. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, I don't like Katy Perry, but I <laughs> I don't know how good of a singer she is, frankly. I Like, I don't know what her raw voice sounds like. I just don't like music that can be used equivalently in the football playoffs and at a breast cancer walk. You should you should be making more specific music than that. That's a very specific critique that I'm here for. So Thank you. I applaud you. That was that was really interesting. <laughs> I've never heard that before. <laughs> Thank you. So anyway. He encourages her to do, he doesn't know it, but he is encouraging her to do whatever she's about to do. Mm. She goes up to the DJ booth and says, like, do you take requests, plugs in her own iPod and takes the mic. Charlie looks like he's seen a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) He looks like he's going to die on the spot. Yeah. She announces, she introduces herself. She's an old friend of Charlie's and she's planned a treat. Charlie says, don't. Oh wait, my let's God. let's pause. Let's pause the commentary for a second. Okay. What would you do if your place of work, like you at a startup, and you're hosting a party and your on again, off again romantic partner were to frame, you know, stop the music. I have a special, you know, treat for my old friend Rourke. I would okay. cause a power outage. I would affect a blackout because there's no other way. Because the analogy for me would be like, you win a big case. There's like a party, you know, like like Mm -hmm. something like that. Like, it's not implausible. Like that situation is like, I can, I can analogize that situation. In theory, she is, the person performing is performing to you, right? And Mm -hmm. I almost think you could diffuse it by leaving the room. I, I think I would just run away. Yeah, that's I don't what I know mean. What I just like do. exit. Because then yeah. like, it's like a child who wants like a parent's attention, right? You are just removing your, you're essentially putting that person on timeout. Like, because you're now no longer in their space to like receive whatever is coming. Um, so I think just leaving mm-hmm. actually is pro- like the correct, like the most effective. But I'm glad he didn't. I'm glad we had this moment. This scene is hilarious. Everyone's like the extras are doing the extras are just like chewing the scenery. It's so good. 
this is a fascinating moment to me in terms of I often like I often joke like I'll see influencers and I don't know if like if people know who like Caroline Calloway is like I like there are people out there that my friends and I will talk about as like I wish I had like 8% of that of that like delusion mm-hmm. of that audacity mm-hmm. to think that I was so good and like worthy of being the center of attention in that way or you know like whatever the case may be where I don't want 100% of it because like I don't want to be that out of touch but I wish I had a little bit of that a little of the fearlessness. Yeah. And, but there is something to be said about knowing, being able to hold both your own like self-confidence and kind of like not caring about the projection and then like ignoring your reception. Like th- th- those mm-hmm. have to marry to be like a person of the world. And it's just such a crazy, like she thinks she's like amazing and sexy and like commanding the room. And everyone's like, this is of hell. Yeah, she should have gone back to the Sarah McLaughlin building a mystery, to be honest, because I thought that was good. This, what did she sing, Kanye? Yes. She sang a Kanye song? Yeah, so. Which we can stay away from how that is aged, but Shoshana's face is amazing. She's just like stiff and wide-eyed. She, you know, plows into another verse and Ray goes, she's still going. (laughs) (laughs) And then at the end... Ray is the only one who cheers, which is actually nice because sometimes you can like get the room going, you know, slow clap. Okay, fine. (laughs) Charlie (laughs) drags her away and her reaction is, should Uh I be embarrassed? Question mark. Yes. (laughs) This this whole thing is the cuckoo bananas of the of the episode because it's just insane to me that she would not be embarrassed. Yeah, no doubt. It's so out of touch. And Charlie is sort of almost like the voice of the audience here, where he says, you've got to get your shit together. This isn't good. You're being manic. What is going on with you? And what can I do to help? And that felt pretty genuine to me. Mm -hmm. And I think he references her like time with like, you're hooking up with Booth, like da, 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 like that you're not well. And Marnie lies. She says she's fine. She's on a journey and she is okay. And then they fuck. (laughs) I mean, Charlie was saying all the right stuff and being like, you're having a break, like with reality. And then he screws her in the middle of his office party on a table. I mean, he likes it. He likes seeing her emotionally fragile. She likes seeing him be a dick and in charge. Mm -hmm. And this is like the new hot dynamic, hot in quotes, hot dynamic that they have. Completely agreed. And which is actually why, like... I don't think their relationship is about his like financial success. I think it is about the quote unquote alpha that he's become this like person Mm -hmm. who can show a little bit more disregard for her, whose world doesn't revolve around her. He forgets about her, you know, like that type, like, Mm -hmm. and that she is the one who is like not settled and like a mess and like their dynamic has truly flipped And so I think that that is what is working for her. I agree. I don't think it's about the money or the company. I think it's about how he just is not treating her. He doesn't put her on a pedestal. Yeah. Also, his hair is great. He's tan. He looks fucking great. He looks hot. Yeah. I mean, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. So that's where we sit with them. And then poor Hannah. These two episodes, this episode and the next, like, you don't just feel for a character in a vacuum, right? Like, that comes from really good a job well done. It breaks my heart how like alone she is 
in these two episodes. Mm-hmm. And my God, give this girl someone who like cares. It, it's like I she has no support, no none. emotional support here. None. And I think that that's really revealed when like she does call her parents and the mom encourages her to go to the hospital and says like, well, who's going to go with you? And she's like, I don't know, 12 or 15 of my closest friends. That's not my concern. And like, obviously that's like a little <laughs> bit funny, but like, it really is tragic. And cause it's not mm-hmm. true. She like doesn't have anyone right now. And it's, it's really awful. Anyway. I feel like, so this is interesting to me though, because as an only child, we are both only children. If I had an episode where I had to go to the hospital, if my parents couldn't physically come, they would figure out a way to contact someone to check in on me. Like, I don't even know how they would do it. They would get a friend's number, they would figure it out and they would do it. And I don't think that that's that uncommon. Obviously, I'm speaking in generalities, but I don't think that's that uncommon with like only children and their parents. There's a lot of like, uh, sometimes it can be too close, but there's a closeness and like a fierce protectiveness that you have when you're the only child. And so it's weird to me that the parents just take her at face value that she's fine when I mean, she's had that OCD stuff re pop up. They last saw her, she was clearly in crisis. Now she's poked a hole in her eardrum. Like, I, I don't think they know that she's not doing well. Agreed. I have gone to the ER in the seven, like in the seven years that I've lived in LA. And I will often, because my parents would call my friends. Oh yeah. They would fly. They would be, they would be at the hospital. I often be, when I know it's going to be fine, I don't tell them until after it's all over. (laughs) Like, by the way, everything is fine. This happened this morning. (laughs) Anyway, but it's already resolved and I have an answer. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) This is why it's weird to me that Hannah's parents are just like, like they're there for her and they know her, but they're also not there for her. Yeah. No, I completely agree. It's a strange, they occupy a very strange space, I think, which I suppose in some ways is realistic, right? Where it's like, it's almost like her parents are like the quote unquote, you know, like the famous psychological, like good enough mother, right? Mm -hmm. Where like she is supported, she's safe, but like there are no, there are no extreme measures. And what I find kind of more insulting is the call to say that, you know, Hannah's done this to herself and obviously it's a progression of what she's going through. And her mom says, nothing large, nothing smaller than an elbow in your ear. Like, fucking not helpful at this juncture. Thank you. It's too late for that. Yeah, we're way past that. From the top, Hannah picks a wedgie eight times. Tough. She's meeting with mm-hmm. her. Is he her publisher, editor, both? I don't really know. Yeah, a publisher. it's like combo, I think. Yeah. yeah. And this meeting, suffice it to say, does not go well. And I don't think this is her, like, this is not her fault. Like, we can take, set aside the timeliness of her submission or, you know, the, the trajectory, like, her turning it in and just sort of like that, the logistics of it. What he wants this to be and the experiences he insists she write about, I don't think is, like, fair. I think it's like really awful that he says to so it's a little unethical. It's disgusting. Yeah. He says, Where's the pudgy face? Slick with semen and sadness. He says Ew. a good title would be Life on Your Back. He would love Ew. to read a story about how she had sex with a teenager. And that's what we need. Ugh. And she said, and he says, Well, if you're not having any, can you make it up? Can you turn this into a novel? Oh turn God. it in in a week. 
Yeah, for taking aside like her total writer's block and the issues that come with that, he they set her up, like you said before, when this whole story plot point was introduced, like they set her up for failure. There was no way she was going to make this deadline. Yeah. She would have basically had to have like 15 essays like in the bank that she was refining. Yeah, that it would have had to be in the bag already yeah. for you to have time. That's like editing time. And even that's not that long to edit. Totally. Like that kind of a publication. Yeah. And it's clear that she, he says it's not Jane Austen. He says it, this was like a lot about friendship. And to me, that like makes a lot of sense. That's probably like on her mind right now, because I think she feels really lacking in that department and like really alone. And so she presumably kind of smiles and nods and says, she's going to turn it into a novel and make this happen. Um, that we next see her in her apartment where she's sitting on the floor and eating an olive where she gets a splinter in her butt. I think is that what happened? Oh, this is like, not that I had it in my butt, but growing up as a child it, living in an apartment in New York, I got splinters in my feet from the floor all the time. Oh my God. Yeah. It was horrendous. I, every five seconds I was like crying and my mom had to like, or my dad had to pick a splinter out of my Holy foot. shit. That's awful. I got a tick once in California. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I think if you have, um, if you wear socks on like wood floors, this happens a lot too. And if you're in an old building, that's the floors aren't as finished. Damn. She gets into the bathroom and she's kind of on this clearing herself out <laughs> kick. So she pulls the splinter out and then ends up cleaning her ears. As we've already discussed, pushes the Q-tip too far and hears a hissing sound. Calls home, which is where her mother lectures her about nothing smaller than an elbow. The, let's start, Her interaction with the doctor is interesting to me. Mm -hmm. I am of two minds. I think this two things I think are true here. Number one, get this woman a psych consult. Yeah. <laughs> A hundred percent. She's insane right now. She's not wearing pants. <laughs> yeah. And she's saying like, I needed to clean myself out. Can you do the other one? Like, it's like so obvious what's happening, I think. And yet he's like obstinately like not engaging with it. And dismissive of her pain, like whether or not it's psychic really or a serious injury. Yeah. Like he just dismisses it. Yeah. And... On, I will only say on the flip side is that the, the, what, what undercuts what I'm about to say is the fact that he doesn't then like refer her out. Um, if he had referred her out and still spoken to her this way, I would feel differently. But in theory, like mm -hmm. you actually, you don't want to feed into somebody's like OCD loop. Like you should decline to clean out their other ear. Like that's not the purpose. Like you're not supposed to like, you are like, you're supposed to say like, that's a, that's a worried thought. Like that's not real. Like that's not like you, you're supposed like there's things you're supposed to do, but like anyway, so like in a way I'm not, I don't think it's like quote unquote, like problematic that he didn't follow her instructions, but I do think it's a big problem that he was seemingly so dense to what she was going through. And gives her the Q-tip, which I think is very strange. Yeah, that was bizarre. And I think also this is this was also just foreshadowing of like, we all know she's going into that second one on her own. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Next time we see her, she is on the streets. She's taken to the streets. And this is where she runs into Adam. And we talked about this a little bit already. I think the like careful kid and she says her she's saying how nice that is and how weird it feels is like, as we were saying, like she has not experienced like care in some time. Her interaction with him is so interesting because she lights up and there's like a clarity in her 
like speech and her face. Like it's like she wakes from whatever fever dream she's been in. When she sees him, he kind of snaps her back to old Hannah for a second. Yeah. And on the flip side, when he sees her, it's like he goes back to like very destructive, like a destructive place. And then you see that play out with him and Natalia. Yeah. It's like a strange, like to your, to the empowering demeaning thing. Like, it's like a weird dynamic between them. No, it's a great point. And in theory, a completely fatalistic dynamic where it's not fair to call Hannah this. I don't believe she is, but it's like a, it's like a parasitic relationship, right? Where like one person mm-hmm. is able to thrive at only at the other person's downfall. I think it is a parasitic relationship, though. It's just she's not a parasitic person. Well, I don't know. Sometimes. She yeah. Is, but- yeah. That's why I'm like. <laughs> Kind of having and hawing around. Yeah. I don't think she means to be, but between them, it is very toxic and parasitic. Very. Oh, yeah. She says that he says, get some sleep, I think, also. And she's like, I will. But I also can't because, you know, I'm very busy working on my book. And it's like, girl, stop fucking lying. Like, you will actually be like, you will help, help me help you. (laughs) Like, tell the goddamn truth and like, let somebody help you here yeah cut to her sitting on the edge of the bath she looks over her shoulder eight times and then stuffs a q-tip in her other oh oh my god it's so bad like i'm laughing because i it's it is like it is absurdist and it's yeah and it's really like a willingness to pull your like drag your own character like through the it's a willingness to be imperfect is too almost positive a framing like it's it's just really it's wild Everyone is so self-destructive in this episode. Yes. The pacing of this season is strange because it's just been a slow march towards desperation. And then we'll talk about it on the next episode. But then the ending episode is kind of like, huh. And I I think the first season had a more interesting arc and build up. And this one is just like a slow teardown. Yeah, they're not starting in a good spot. Friends is a enjoyable show, but something that always bothered me about it is that like nothing ever had like consequences or stakes. Like the episode that always sticks mm-hmm. is, sticks in my mind is when Chandler gets on a fucking plane to Yemen and you watch it take off and then he's just back I'm going to Yemen the next episode. Like there's no consequences. And so yeah. obviously this is a very different show from a friends, but I like that her the ocd stuff was like not a one-off that like we are gonna watch her go into a full like a full expression of this for her and that it's like taking this multi-episode arc and like i i really do appreciate that they're not just like abandoning that or like it's like this little novelty or like just this little thing that she has that we don't really worry about but like it's really real and like it, it like gives it life and depth in a way that i think is really well done I think I remember the thing I remember the most about watching it the first time was that get on all fours, like demeaning sex scene with Adam. And that one really stuck with me. Mine was the Marnie singing. Oh, (laughs) that came as a shock to me. I didn't, I remembered something like that, but I didn't remember her as much that part, but the Adam and the weird all four sex scene just really stuck with me. It bothered me. And maybe that's why I still like just, can't get like the Adam appeal does not I don't get it it's okay 
You like the bear man. I love the bear man, but he's problematic too. Yeah. Did you see that reductress meme where it was like, why I'm changing my dating app filters to five, seven? <laughs> no, but that's funny. It was him. And then, um, Roman Roy, <laughs> who does do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's his name? Jeremy Allen white. Oh, so cute in the bear. No, you are so wrong. Yes. Whatever. You know, you have your ugly hot guy. I have my ugly hot guy. Exactly. It's fine. Glad we won't fight over it. <laughs> these two married Agreed men to that we have <laughs> accessibility to. Yeah, these people will never meet. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Well, um, next week it's season two finale. I can't. We're. I feel like we're like trucking through. It's crazy. We are trucking through. Good on. Oh, us. would you? Um, do we have time for a quick email? Yeah, let's. I've fallen emails. behind. Um. Okay. Someone named Veronica wrote in, and it's a really nice email. Thank you, Veronica. Hey, girls, girls. I just wanted to say I love the pod. I found out about y'all on Reddit, which I love how like people actually randomly find us. It's very gratifying. I graduated from yeah, college. Like how? And I, I know. That's what I don't understand, because we're very low-key. <laughs> we're very low-key. <laughs> I graduated from college in 2014, watched Girls as it was airing, and have rewatched it in its entirety at least twice now. I'm also a Bay Area gal in Oakland, and so I love all the um, mentions, such as the San Francisco Parrots. There's a great little episode about them on the podcast, Bay Curious. Ooh. Good. I rec. will listen. Um, she also enjoyed Sutton's infamous name moment and the random story about <laughs> moving a friend's belongings from the Claremont colleges. Um, she said, P.S. One Man's Trash is my least favorite episode. <laughs> okay, well, we hope you liked it more this time. And then um, Rebecca followed up with the email that we read around, I think, when we were together. Um, or no, the, mm-hmm. I don't know if the timing lines up for that, but. She followed up and she says, this is several weeks late, but in response to Sarah Beth, after you both read my email, yes, can we please be friends? You can find me on Instagram. (laughs) Happy holidays. (laughs) Happy holidays. Yeah. So nice. Thanks, guys. Like, really warms my heart. So sweet. I really appreciate people who, like, find us and then are like, this is cool and write in. That's so nice. It's really nice. Yeah. Maybe put our email back in the show notes. Has that been in there recently? Oh, yeah. Let me. It's in the like description of the show, but I can add it back in. But no, seriously, we're uh, we're joking around, but we really do like it when you guys um, email us and just to, I suppose, you know, refresh the email. It's girlsgirlspod at gmail.com. And we also accept constructive, valid criticism. We will internalize it and discuss it. Um, and so with that, we'll see you guys next week for the finale. Um, it's called Together. Mm intriguing looking forward to it (laughs) sounds good see you then intriguing goodbye